try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them But you won't take the sting out these words before I say them Cause ain't no way I'ma let you stop me from causing man When I say I'ma do something, I do it I don't give a damn what you think, I'm doing this for me Look, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you so that Steve Ritchie was going to go over to Jersey Jack Pinball. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I told you that Lyman Sheets is no longer at Stern, and he is most likely going to be working on some new games, probably with CGC. We're going to talk about that. So in episode 604, let's talk about this news today that should be like groundbreaking, cosmic shifting, seismic shifting. The pinball universe is turned up upside down, the king, Mr. Steve Ritchie, walks into Jersey Jack Pinball in what is arguably the most awkward video I might have seen on the entire internet in the history of the internet, and he met Pat Lawler and the team over at Jersey Jack Pinball, and this is how the world got confirmation that Steve Ritchie has left Stern Pinball. He walked into Jersey Jack Pinball with Jack Winari wearing sunglasses, and now the entire pinball world knows that Jersey Jack Pinball has another designer. The one thing Jersey Jack Pinball doesn't need is another designer. So how are we supposed to process this news? What is this gonna mean for the pinball world? When are we gonna see Steve Ritchie's efforts in a Jersey Jack machine? We know this company can't make two games in a year. This is not the problem they needed to solve. And probably the most hilarious item of the day. Inside the press release in which they announce iconic designer Steve Ritchie is joining Jersey Jack Pinball, there is a line in which Jersey Jack says that they are the industry leaders in pinball quality. Let me repeat that. They're the industry leaders in pinball quality. Look, I know it's just a boilerplate, hype yourself company kind of line, but man, how can they even? Who read over that press release and was like, well, maybe we should take this part like the rest of this is true Guns N' Roses has sold well Steve Ritchie is an iconic designer we do put more innovation into our games but I don't think in good faith we can tell people that we are the industry leaders in quality how did that get out the door but anyway let's talk about this move so what do I think about Steve Ritchie making his sort of like NWO, like WCW entrance into Jersey Jack Pinball. Didn't it feel like that? Remember when you were a kid and you watched wrestling and someone defected over to the other side and it just felt like that. It just felt like that, right? The moment that Hulk Hogan turned into Hollywood Hogan and became a bad guy. Now, I'm not sure like this is like the bad guy move, but this is definitely a switching sides, right? This is definitely changing teams. This is Jack Guinari getting the guy who was at the top of the pyramid over in the stern world. But here's the thing. Everybody knows that Steve Ritchie was not pumping out the best games over at Stern Pinball. So it's a little bit of a weird acquisition on that front as well. This isn't the designer that's going to make people do backflips because Steve is a designer that's all about speed and flow. And Jersey Jack Pinball is a company that doesn't make games that are fast or games that have great flow. So if you add those two things, up, they don't add up. Now, you could make the argument that that's why they're bringing Steve Ritchie on board, to make Jersey Jack games play better, to make them feel better, and we'll see if he can do that with the hardware he has at his disposal. I 
still think there's something wrong with Jersey Jack pinball flippers and the way they feel. Are they going to change that? Will that be one of the things that Steve Ritchie brings to the table? So it's a little bit of a weird move on that front, right? Is like the styles, like their styles are so different. Steve Ritchie's style of pinball and Jersey Jack's style of pinball, they just don't add up, okay? It's also been a really, 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 really long time since Steve Ritchie has done anything memorable or wowed people by putting a ton into his games. And that's exactly what Jersey Jack pinball tries to do with each game, right? Is put as much as they can under that glass. Now, here is the part. When would we see a Steve Ritchie game? I mean, it is 2021, and they are going to be making Guns N' Roses for the next year. And then 2022 will most likely be Toy Story. And then you get to 2023, 2024, right? Isn't Eric Minier's game up after Toy Story? So is Steve Ritchie going to slot in front of Eric's next game? And I bet if you did a show of hands, how many of you want to see Steve Ritchie's next game in front of Eric Minier's next game? Nobody would raise their hands. So it becomes a very questionable move of how is this adding value to the organization over at Jersey Jack Pinball. Whenever you make an acquisition like this, the whole point of an acquisition like this is that you are solving a problem your company has, but they don't have a design problem. That's why it's so hard to get excited about this because it's not doing anything for them. There is nothing that Jersey Jack Pinball lacks in the design department. They have two incredible designers in Pat Lawler and Eric Minier. The department that Jersey Jack Pinball needs help with is the manufacturing department and the quality department. So none of this will help impact that. So knowing that, and knowing that Steve Ritchie's game won't be on the line until sometime in 2024, maybe 2025, how is it in 2021 we're supposed to get excited about this news? It's definitely a big move, but I think for so many people out there, you kind of look at Steve Ritchie, even Pat Lawler, and you look at the video, right? You look at this video and it looked like, and I, I don't mean to be mean, but man, it looked really awkward. It looked like two guys, two old curmudgeons sitting there talking about how pinball is the center of the universe. When you look at the video, it just doesn't exude this vibrant energy and the future of pinball is here, right? That vibrant energy of Eric Minier hanging with Ken Cromwell and Slash, this sort of like contemporary pinball company that's going to rock and roll into the future. Now we get this, like three older guys, and there's nothing wrong with being older, but this didn't seem like the right way to do it. Like March in there, Pat's over to the left, kind of awkwardly, then he moves and stands behind Steve, and they didn't really sort of embrace it. You know, you kind of want it. Jack Winari, Steve Ritchie, and Pat Lawler, like if they all got like in a huddle and locked arms and were jumping up and down and be like, we're going to change pinball, get ready everybody. And then just, and just cut to a black screen and be like coming soon, like the all new Jersey Jack pinball, like something like that. Like I just thought that doing it on Facebook live, which makes it even more awkward, wasn't the right way to do it. People are going to deconstruct this video. People know Canada is going to make fun of a video like this and Canada is making fun of a video like this this because as you know, marketing is something that does matter. And every time you put your company out there, you got to do something that connects and you got to do something that translates the vibe of your company. Like you're building a brand every time you do something official like this. 
And I, I just felt like it was really awkward. I felt really awkward watching it. And I don't know, I don't think a lot of people will say that. I always got to be the bad guy, but it was really awkward. So look, this move, we knew it was coming. And I want to give a shout out to the two people that broke this news. I want to give a shout out to Rob T on Pinside. He put up the thread a week ago that said this was happening. So Rob T gets the credit for breaking this news. I want to give a shout out to Kerry Hardy because it was his video that went up, I think a day before I did my podcast in which he said that Steve Ritchie was most likely going to JJP. He also talked about Lyman Sheets. So those two guys get credit for putting this information into the world. For those of you out there who think what we do in terms of sharing this information before the press release goes live, I don't know what to tell you. I will always be the pinball podcaster that will talk about stuff, news, rumors, and speculation when I hear it. I get that there's a good old boy club that knows all this information. I get that there are circle of people that are all friends with each other, that sign NDAs and know all of this stuff days and weeks before anybody else. And that's great, that's not me. I'm on the outside looking in. The reason why this show is number one is because we're on the outside looking in. Because when this news breaks, I don't have to be nice to my friends who put out the press release. I can tell you how I really feel. And this move really isn't as big as it looks. It's not. And I'll tell you this. The other side of the equation is, is Stern Pinball going to be impacted by Steve Ritchie leaving? And the answer is 100,000% they're not. This is not going to hurt Stern Pinball at all. If anything, this is going to give new designers over at Stern Pinball a chance to show us what they can do. It's going to give Keith Elwin more slots on the roster. John Borg, more slots on the roster. If George Gomez wants to go back in, he can go back in. Steve Ritchie Games would come out and they would underwhelm. And they have underwhelmed for many, many years. Now, I will say this. The pressure is now going to be on Steve Ritchie to deliver because he's going over to a place that doesn't have a low bomb. So we're going to see what he can do. If his game comes out and it is like, oh my God, incredible, loaded with toys and got great flow and he shows us what he can do, this will be either Steve Ritchie's redemption moment or it will be his retirement. I mean that. There is no other way he's going to go with this. This game is either going to redeem him or it will send him into retirement. And it is that kind of move. This isn't like, let's get Steve Ritchie and give him a few chances at the plate. No, Steve's been in this long enough. He's had the excuse of the low stern bomb over and over again. Now it's not going to be an excuse. He's either going to hit it out of the park or he's going to strike out. There's no middle ground here. There's no middle ground here. And I'm excited because he's got to feel that pressure. And that pressure is good because I mean it. Pressure is something that drives people to do something incredible and make their mark. Without pressure, without feeling that anxiety that I have to do something now to stand up to this moment, right? If I'm going to strut through that door like Conor McGregor in all black and put my sunglasses on, now he has to deliver, right? Now he has to deliver. And Jack's move, will it pay off? Will Jack Guinari's dream of having Steve Ritchie pay off? And I can't wait to see it. The only problem is this. We're all going to be two to three years older when we finally see it. Will we care when we finally see it? And here's the scary part. Will the world go into a recession before we see it? That is the dark cloud that is going to come towards this industry. All these expensive games. We're going to be oversaturated with titles. And inflation is real. The economy has been way too good, right? Everyone made money during COVID. Unless you were in the service industry, all the rich got richer. But there will come a time 
The recession's gonna hit. It's just a matter of when, right? Will the pinball industry be able to keep going for two, three, four, five more years? They sure as hell are staffing up like it will. So we'll see, we'll see. Nobody knows, nobody knows what the future holds. But over at Stern Pinball, I bet they don't care at all. Stern Pinball clobbers everybody with manufacturing. Now here's an interesting rumor I heard and I got an email in my inbox and it said Stern's next game is going to be from a brand new designer nobody knows, okay? Now take that for what it's worth. Do you think Stern Pinball has a brand new designer that hasn't designed a game before? Here's my guess, here's my guess and I don't know if this is true or not. I would guess that Steve Ritchie's protege, Tim Sexton, who's been following Steve on a few titles, do you think Tim Sexton will jump into the design ring and design a pinball machine? That is my guess. I think if anyone new over at Stern is gonna design a machine, I think it might be Tim, but I could be completely wrong. I am just making this up on the spot, but I am hearing that there will be a new designer that throws his hat into the ring over at Stern Pinball. The interesting part I heard was, it's gonna be the next game. But what happened to Keith Elwin's Godzilla being next? And is Stern going to hold that? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know their schedule. I know Elwin's game has to be coming up very, very shortly. But you heard it here first. There might be a game in front of Keith Elwin's game. So take that for what it's worth. So Steve Ritchie over at Jersey Jack Pinball, I think it's more of a head scratcher than it is like, oh my God, they went and got him. Like, if Eric Minier went over to Stern, that would be incredible. If Keith Elwin went over to Jersey Jack Pinball, that would be incredible. Here's what I think is going to happen. Pinball poaching season is upon us. In any industry, when you want to gain a competitive advantage, you go out and you get talent. The best way to get ahead is to go get people who know how to do it and do it better than you currently do it. That is why David Fix went out and got Dennis Norman over Joe Balser. Dennis Norman, I think, makes better games than Joe Balser right now, right? And so I think pinball poaching season is just starting. I think it is going to sweep through this industry like we've never seen before over the next 12 months. I think you're going to see more people trading places in pinball. I think more and more pinball people, especially coders and designers, are going to wake up and they're gonna realize their market value. As we see these games making millions of dollars for these companies, and millions of dollars is on the table if you can make a good pinball machine, and it's not just Stern Pinball, right? Look at Spooky Pinball. Look at all the money they're making right now. If you are a good pinball designer, there is no reason why you should not retire somewhat wealthy in the world. It's a very, very niche skill set, but it is a niche skill set that is making millions of dollars and millions of dollars are on the table. And I think you're going to see people like Eric Minier wake up and say, am I making enough for my game that just made this much money for Jersey Jack Pinball? Is he happy enough with what he makes? Now, if you want to go get Eric Minier, I bet you can if you double his salary. And I bet his salary is not incredibly high. Same thing with Keith Elwin, same thing with Zombietti. As much as there's loyalty, there is also something called people will take care of themselves. And it's not about being disloyal, it's not. Everyone who's worked in corporate America or anywhere knows that every once in a while, you need to go for a big land grab. You need to, and you need to strike when the iron is hot. You need to make sure you capitalize your career when you're on top of your game. When you come out with a game like Guns N' Roses, that's a good moment 
to march in there and either get a big raise or see what someone else in the industry will pay you. There's a lot of very, very wealthy men who have pinball dreams and aspirations, and some of those men actually have pinball companies. So I think David Fix is going to poach more and more and more. And I think once American Pinball gets their manufacturing line started, I think he's going to have a good selling point to other designers to come over and join the AP party, and they're gonna need it. I know they're working with junior designers, and I know they're working with Dennis Norman, and here's what I hope happens over at AP. I hope one of those junior designers, I hope one of those junior designers designs the next blockbuster game. I hope it comes from someone we've never heard. I'm so tired of the same names over and over and over again. I, I, I will admit it, when I see Pat Lawler and Steve Ritchie, I'm like, come on. There's got to be somebody who's young and hungry that can outdesign these two guys, that can outthink pinball in modern times, that can make a contemporary world under glass that blows away what these guys did. These guys are not even doing what they did back in the Bally Williams days. So where is the young energy? Where is the enthusiasm? Where is the desire to make a name for yourself? These guys don't need to make a name for themselves. They've already made a name for themselves. It's like when I watched Guns N' Roses take the stage in Hershey, Pennsylvania this past weekend, I was so bored. I'm like, this is the worst iteration of GNR ever. Like, look at them. Like, they're like these old guys just strutting around the stage. It's like, it's like a novelty act. But none of the energy, none of the drive, none of the hunger was there in any of the band members. It's like they're just going through the motions. And guess what? They're making more money now than they ever made. And it's sad to me because that's not why people loved Guns N' Roses. And I feel the same way about pinball. I think there are thousands of pinball fans out there that want to fall in love with new designers, with new coders, with a new approach to pinball. If you keep having the same people make the same games over and over and over again, how do you expect to get more creativity into pinball? How do you expect there to be more innovation in pinball? How do you expect there to be different kinds of games if we keep going back to the same creative well over and over and over again? Okay, so let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. The other news that I said is that Lyman Sheets was stepping down from Stern Pinball, and that is now confirmed. And people have confirmed this, and I said this, and people jumped down my back for saying this, and it was accurate. The other thing I said is that I think Lyman Sheets is applying his efforts to Cactus Canyon Remake and might be helping out CGC on some of their titles. And then I was told by Ryan White that he is not an employee of CGC. I think Ryan's trying to do a little bit of a spin. I do. I think he's trying to get me to retract that news on a technicality because I think he wants to like reveal to the world that Lyman Sheets, the greatest coder in the history of pinball, which he is, I think he wants to have that moment where he reveals to the world that Lyman Sheets is working on Cactus Canyon Remake. And I think he's trying to get me to retract it because by a technicality, he's not an employee at CGC. So I am going to go on the record and say that I firmly believe that Lyman Sheets' skill set will be on Cactus Canyon Remake. I would be shocked if it is not. And my sources who told me this are pretty damn accurate. Now, he's not an employee at CGC. He's a a contractor or a freelancer, but I think Ryan's trying to spin it on a technicality. The same way Michael Grant over at AP said to me, Legends of Ahala is not the next game, so can you please take that down? So I did, 
But if it's Rampage, Quest for Valhalla, and it's the same game, I think that's why AP stall and they're like, how do we name this thing something else? Because I told Kaneda it wasn't Legends of Valhalla. So look, Lyman Sheets leaving Stern Pinball is arguably much bigger news than Steve Ritchie joining Jersey Jack Pinball. It is. If Lyman Sheets joined Jersey Jack Pinball to help Keith out, that would be much better news because then they'd have the two greatest coders in the history together again. So Lyman leaving is horrible. Lyman leaving sucks because Lyman's games are amazing. And I just hope he continues to make pinball machines. And I could see Lyman Sheets going over and helping AP out, maybe helping his friend Dennis Nordman out. I could see Lyman Sheets being this sort of floating creative mind in the world of pinball coding. And whenever a project is out there that interests him, I really hope Lyman Sheets sits down with them and says, look, Here's the deal. If I were Lyman, you can't do it hourly. You can't pay that man hourly because he takes years. If I were him, I would have a flat fee of what it's worth for me to code a game. Look, I would have a base level. For me to code your game, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at a quarter million dollars or more for me to code your pinball machine. And if I'm Lyman Sheets with my pedigree, I would say to them, probably more, because think about it. If it takes him two years to fully code a game, which I don't think it takes him that long, but if it did and he charged $250,000, that's only $125,000 a year. That's not enough for a guy like Lyman Sheets. So I would look at it more like on an annual basis. I think this guy needs to make at least a quarter million dollars a year coding games. And if I were him, my sales pitch would be quite simply this. If you make a Lyman Sheets game, no matter what the theme is, you're going to sell a lot of machines. And I can guarantee you that anything Lyman Sheets touches in the pinball world will sell at least, at least 2,000 units. I I mean that. Unless it's like Oktoberfest, but even he could probably salvage Oktoberfest, right? But that's the thing is, I I think it makes sense for him to go this way. I think it makes sense for him to sell his skill set and work on projects that he's passionate about. Now, my fear is this. Here's my biggest fear. Stern Pinball will still put the best themes in front of everybody. They gave Steve Ritchie the best themes. They give Lyman Sheets great themes. I'm a little bit worried when you leave Stern Pinball, what a lot of people are going to realize when they leave Stern Pinball is there's something that's actually more impressive than them. There's something much more popular than them. There's something much greater than them at play, and that is the IP. Stern has the greatest IP in the history of pinball. Stern gives each of its designers and coders such a leg up by giving them the best themes to work on. And it's a privilege to work on such exciting themes. And I think that's going to be the big issue. When you leave Stern Pinball, you leave that marketing muscle behind. And that marketing muscle, I hate to say it, is actually more important than any designer than any coder, than anything else out there. Stern Pinball could announce tomorrow that they have Back to the Future, and it could be a total design dog with horrible monsters like Shallow Code, and it wouldn't matter. They would sell a few thousand units and be able to make those few thousand units in just a few weeks. That's the power of Stern Pinball. And here's the other crazy part. Because Stern Pinball has that power, they probably don't pay people incredibly well. And I don't know this for a fact, but because they know they are the only real shop in town, 
they can get away with that because that's where their value lies. It's like when I remember going to work when I was a brand new employee in the world, everybody wanted to work at MTV. And I just saw they, uh, they had their 40-year anniversary. But it was the most exciting place to work. You were in Times Square. You had TRL Total Request Live going on. You had Downtown Julie Brown. You had all these hosts. Everyone wanted to work at MTV. And if you got a job at MTV, they paid you $15,000 a year because they knew they had what everybody wanted. They didn't have to pay you a lot. They had thousands of resumes coming through the door for these positions. And that's the thing, Stern Pinball is the same way. It's like, they're just such a big, well-oiled machine that nobody, not one person, not two people, nobody could really leave Stern Pinball. Nobody could really leave Stern Pinball and hurt their bottom line. I think there's only one person if they departed Stern Pinball, people would be like, Stern is in trouble. People would be like, I don't know what the future holds for Stern. And you know who it is, and it's George Gomez. As long as they have George Gomez at the helm of the ship, none of these designers, artists, and coders are really make or break for Stern. They will find someone new to put in. And I mean, even if Keith Elwin left, they would be fine. Even if John Borg left, they would be fine. And they know that because they have such a well-oiled manufacturing machine. It's all about manufacturing. If you can make a pinball machine based on a hot theme, the game will sell. Give me an example. Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and you tell me a hot theme that so many people loved and wanted in pinball that came out and had a sales flop. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And don't say Hobbit. I'm going to stop you before you say Hobbit because the Hobbit movies were atrocious and Lord of the Rings fans hated them. So please don't email me the Hobbit. All right. So look, I think pinball poaching season will begin. I think you're going to see more and more people shuffle up the decks. I think American Pinball is probably going to be the next company that acquires more and more people. And I think it's exciting. But I will say this. The future of pinball is the youth. We need to get more young people designing games and bringing their ideas to pinball. I look at a guy like Ryan McQuaid, a young guy who built Sonic the Hedgehog pinball in his basement. And there are more creative ideas in that game than half of the new games that came out this year. And that is what we need more of. The people with the passion building these games in their basements are putting more into them than all of these older designers that already have their legacy. They're already getting the word iconic put next to their name in press releases. That's not what I want. We all want the young, hungry designers to make a name for themselves. We want the young, hungry coders to code pinball moments into these games that wow us. Wouldn't you like to see a new coder approach pinball a little bit differently? To try to bring storytelling into a pinball machine a little bit differently? This has been episode 604 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys from Ireland, doing Facebook Lives. And I'm not here to hurt anyone's career in pinball. I'm not here to meddle with these personnel announcements. But if I hear about these announcements, of course I'm going to cover it. This is what I do. There are other places that might respect this news and let them tell it themselves. I am not in the business of letting these companies tell you the news. If I hear stuff, I will tell it. If they want to try to work with me on stuff, they know how to get in touch with me, canadapinball at gmail.com or fifthtwippy at gmail.com. I'll talk to you soon. Whatever, whatever.